0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to this live call. This is Anna King, and I am really excited to share all sorts of fun things today. So, if you can hear me okay, would you please um, press star two to raise your hand? This is just so I can know that I'm being heard. Awesome. That's perfect. And um, thank you so much. we will begin in just a moment. I'm just leaving a, a slight bit of time for people to join the call, and uh, so they don't miss too much information here at the beginning. Um, we're going to be unpacking some pretty cool stuff, and um, the there's there's a lot of info, and I'm super excited to share it. And hopefully, it doesn't feel like you're drinking from a fire hydrant or anything. But um, the good news is that you'll be getting a replay of this live call that's gonna be available for a full week so that you can listen as many times as you need to in order to absorb the info. So, um, okay, let me just check my, my chat box. If you happen to be on the webcam and have the capacity to, to chat, um, ask a question, if you just type in a hey or let me know that you're here, that would be awesome. My chat has been a little bit funky, so if you can't get to me, then you want to just press star 2 to raise your hand. So you are all on mute. Um, so um, if you have a question at any point in the live call, then you can press star 2 to raise your hand. And um, if you you know, want to wait towards the end, I'll leave several spaces for questions, and I'll be checking that chat box periodically to make sure that you know I see you guys. So... Okay, I'm going to go ahead and dive in. So I am I'm so thrilled that you're here. And um, for those of you who don't know me, I am a health coach. I'm an EFT practitioner. I lead health retreats, and I love all things health and specifically how the mind and emotions affect our physical bodies. So that's definitely my light up. And um, so I like to start all of our live calls with just taking a few deep breaths just in through your nose and you can breathe out through your nose or your mouth. But the purpose of this is just to center you, to get you settled, ready to absorb the information, to help you become really present. And, um, just focus on as you're breathing, just opening your heart, and to receive whatever it is that you need to receive today whatever it is that your mind needs to know for your next step or your spirit needs to absorb all right um again if you just joined the live call you you're all on mute so you can press star two to raise your hand if you have a question i'll be checking the chat box periodically and um, if you can't get me there, definitely just press uh, star two and, and get a hold of me that way. Um, as I mentioned earlier, the chat box has been a little bit funky, so I'm not totally sure if it's working. Um, and uh, we're going to be diving into all sorts of good things today. So let me just share why I wanted to offer this free live call. Um, I have some people on here who are completely new to these three transformative tools and I have people on the line who have been doing this work for a while, and um, I hope that there's something for everyone because even for those of us who have been doing this work or who know these tools pretty well, it always helps to have a refresher and and sometimes we'll get like an aha moment on some little piece of this work that we might be missing that can really up level and um, you know for me personally, I found that. Working with the mind body connection has been one of the most transformative things about um, for, for my own health, and I want to what I want to do today is first share why these tools have been so important to me and to share a little bit of the journey that I had as I found these these tools and why I use them the way I do. And then we're going to get a little bit science i I'm going to share some of the science and the concepts um, around these tools. And um, then I'm going to share the, the process that I use where I put all these three tools together. So the combination of um, how I use it and why, and then really how it can help you. And I want to say here, um, because, you know, so many people can offer Different tools and make it sound like it's a panacea. It's a one size fits all. It's it's the one thing that you're missing. And while I do believe that these are very transformative tools, remember that um, nothing is a nothing's a panacea. Nothing is a. I don't want to overstate anything um, because when it comes down to it, you are what works. Your body, your mind, your heart, your spirit. It's all what works, and every. Supplement, food, tool, concept is only meant to help you work better. And so, when we come from that foundation of understanding that no one thing is the the just the main thing, it's it's all supporting you and helping you work better and better and better. So, um, those are the things I'm going to share today. Let me just start with my journey and why I have why I'm doing this work. And um, so just really briefly, you know, I grew up in a, a pretty, pretty healthy environment, my my parents really dove into uh, their health journey right around the time that I was born. And uh, so I remember, you know, feeling a little bit different from the people around me because my parents were um, focused on like raw organic foods. And when I went to kindergarten, I had like a green sandwich with me instead of like peanut butter sandwiches like everyone else had. It was an avocado sandwich, of course. And I remember thinking like, wow, we, we are a little bit out there. We are a little bit different. But um, they, were, they were very focused on the physical um, health, because um, my dad had some big health issues at the time, and nothing was working. And my sister and I had some major um, digestive issues really early on that nothing would be helping, and you know, the doctors couldn't give us any answers. And so, um, my parents really dove, you know, headfirst into um, physical health, you know, a diet, supplements, long before those things were in were popular at all. And, um, so of course that's part ha- has been part of, um, my, my path in being able to grow up with some of these concepts and these ideas. And, and so I grew up with, you know, organic gardening and learning how to, you know, juice and cleanse and, you know, milk goats. And, um, we had, you know, raw milk and we had raw honey and we lived on a farm for a little while. And so there were some really good upsides to that. And, uh, so I had a really strong physical Health, you know, upbringing, and I would say a very strong spiritual health um, in my upbringing. But there are some things missing. And um, for me, the missing things really showed up in my early teens and then into my 20s. And what was missing um, was emotional health and, and mental, good mental health, mental hygiene, in a sense. And um, I, I dealt with some real major eating disorder, at least it felt very major to me, um, body image issues, I had digestive issues that still wouldn't quite go away. They would get better when I would really stick to the rules um, as far as what foods worked for my body and what didn't, and when I would do cleanses or take supplements, but I would do a cleanse and I would feel better right after, but then it would take maybe a few days and my body would would um, go back to you know, all its problems. And I just remember feeling very frustrated growing up, feeling like, man, I'm doing all the right things and my digestion still isn't working and my skin issues are still there and I still don't feel great. You know, I just don't feel like super healthy and what's wrong. So I continued on really in my zest for finding the right diet and the right supplements and the right things to do up until, um, I was in my kind of mid to late 20s and I encountered a, um, it was kind of a modality that was uh, that was being offered as a training at the time. And it was my very first introduction into emotional health. I had no idea what triggers were. I had no idea that emotions affected the physical body. I had no idea that I was just jam-packed with all sorts of emotions that that were affecting my body in a really negative way, and that all of my emotional eating issues and my food cravings and my um, just not feeling good were tied to unprocessed emotions and beliefs and energies that were stuck in my body. And I just wasn't aware of that at the time. I, I That was a totally new concept for me. So I did this training um, that was teaching about emotional health. It didn't really, you know... Um, play into the, the physical body piece of it, but it did work on the emotional piece. And uh, so I, I got, you know, really into that and learned that. And, and I was noticing some really good results in my own life and um, the people that I was working with. And then I got to this plateau where I would, I noticed that, man, this emotional work is, is really good, but it's, it's too slow. This process that I'm trying to do with people is just too slow. And it's a little too mental. It's not, we're not getting in there deep enough. And so I remember really just praying and asking for guidance about what's the next thing. And so I was actually in Scotland on a, a trip um, with my aunt and uncle and my sister. And we're in this like Scotland hotel. And this email came through about this thing called EFT tapping. And I remember I just had this sense like, oh, that's it. Uh, that's something I really need to look into. And so that uh, that whole emotional thing really led into understanding um, working with energy and working with um, this emotional freedom technique, and it, it kind of took it like a step deeper. So I got into that, which I'll share more about that, you know, in a little bit, um, and, uh, and, and really had some great successes just in my own life, working through emotional eating and clearing through some of those blockages in my own body and saw some great results. And then again, I got to the spot where I was like, I I need something more here. There's something I'm kind of missing because I was noticing that people were they were learning how to acknowledge their emotions and they were learning how to work through things, but they were getting a little bit stuck kind of in an emotional cycle of looking for those toxic emotions so that they could clear them, but it it kind of got them stuck a little bit. And so um I I started looking again and and um came across a, a few authors that really helped me understand meditation and visualization and something called heart coherence. And we'll talk about that today too. And um, really, I, I started understanding how to access a deeper part of myself that could, could really heal the body in a very powerful way and just learned that that power and, and access to that power is inside of us all the time. We just need to learn how to tap into it we have to have the courage to know that we're worthy enough to tap into it. And uh, we need a community to help us You know, re- be re- remind each other that we can tap into that. And so that's really the the long and short of of my story. And it, it led me to create this foundation for this work. Um, and uh, so if you're, you're familiar with this work, um, bear with me as I go over it really, really quickly. For those of you who um, don't know about the... Um, the anatomy of transformation, which is my my basic um, picture for how this whole system we call our bodies, um, the different layers of our being. And so I like to think of that, all of these these layers as like a geode. And, you know, a geode is the rock that on the outside, it looks like a normal rock. But when you cut it open, um, you see all these beautiful layers. And that deepest layer is the most most beautiful. And um, and that's the kind of the picture of what's going on inside of you. And so let me just go through the layers really quickly. So we have the outer layer that's like the physical body. So, you know, foods and, and um, supplements and exercise, all of that the, is the outer layer. And then you have the next layer in, so you can kind of imagine this with me moving in one layer of the geode, and that's the layer of your conscious mind. And your conscious mind is your rationalizing, analyzing, thinking mind. This is the voice inside your head that says, eat this and not that. I'm going to go to the gym today or I'm not. <laughs> this is also the part of your mind that um, you hear the maybe the negative um, mean girl voice or mean guy voice. Um, or you, it's, it's just that that thinking mind. And most of us put a lot of emphasis on this part of our mind because we're, we're trained to in this culture. We're in the Western world, we're very trained to um, lean on our conscious mind to, um, like if you have a strong conscious mind, then, then you can have enough willpower to stick to a diet or so long as you know the truth about who you are, you should be able to feel it. Well what I learned is that the conscious mind is only about 5%. Somewhere between 5 to 15% of your mind. And um, it is like that iceberg that's above the surface of the water. You've probably seen one of those pictures that shows the iceberg above the surface of the water, and then you have the water line, and then you have the iceberg that's below the surface. And that iceberg below the surface is the other 80 to 95%. And that is the next layer, which is the layer of your subconscious mind. And the subconscious mind is very powerful because it stores three main things. And the three main things that it it really works with is our emotions. So every emotion that you felt but you didn't process is stored inside your subconscious mind. Kind of like in uh, the Disney movie, Inside Out, um, they have that, you know, the the kind of the picture of the little girl that has, you know, the forehead is like her... Um, it's like a movie screen. You can see inside and there's these little emotions with the control panel. And every time she has this emotion, there's this little... this little like marble things that rolls down the chute and either gets stored as like a core memory or gets stored in another part. That's, that's a kind of a, a little, you know, Disney-esque version mm-hmm. of the, your subconscious mind. And, um, and it's like those little marbles are almost like the cells of your body that store emotion. And so that's one of the things that the subconscious mind stores. It also stores memories and it stores self-beliefs. And um, it's really important to understand the difference between emotions and beliefs. So um, when I say self-beliefs, I'm not talking about like belief systems. I'm talking about what you deeply believe about yourself, about your worthiness and about your value, or even what you believe about life. Like, you know, I'm supported by life or um, it's the the world is a safe place to be or um, I I am worthy of abundance, or I am good. You know, these are beliefs that are deeply um, rooted inside of us, and they are programmed into us from a really early age. And so, those beliefs sometimes feel so familiar; we don't even know that they're there. And you know, we have beliefs; we have lots of beliefs. But the question is: Are they truth based beliefs, or are they lie based? Are they false beliefs that we absorbed somewhere? So. The subconscious mind is like that iceberg underneath the surface. It stores those three main things, emotions, memories, and self-beliefs. And so you can imagine, it, depending on your childhood, depending on um, you know what happened from the time that you were conceived to the time that you're about five or six years old, because that's when so much of our um, mind is being is absorbing you know this is why we have parents and hopefully good ones sometimes we don't and you know the world is a tough place to live and so often we absorb a whole 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 lot at, in those early years and then we reinforce those beliefs and those we you know those emotions get stuck and get reinforced over time and so you know often many of us have a lot of stuff sort of stuck down in that that iceberg underneath the surface. And, um, that is that layer of the subconscious mind and you can call it, um, you know, unconscious, non-conscious doesn't really matter. It's just the part of your mind that isn't, um, your rationalizing, you know, analyzing thinking mind. It's, it's the deeper part of the mind. And, um, here's the kicker, and this is the real takeaway from, you know, what I want to make sure you understand is that your subconscious mind controls, the involuntary systems of your body it controls the autonomic nervous system it controls all of the parts of your being that are functioning Without your conscious permission, so your heart beating and your breathing and your lymphatic system and your hormonal system and um, all of the things that are, you know, even your eyes blinking and your, you know, um, the movements that you're doing without even consciously thinking about it, these are all of the things that your system does all the time. And your subconscious mind controls those things. So this is why you, know, you could be thinking about something you feel nervous about. And, and without trying to, your subconscious mind can create like a stomach ache or a headache, or you get embarrassed and your face flushes. That is a, a direct um, example of the way your subconscious mind can create a physical thing to happen and manifest in the physical body. So, um, so that's just a basic overview of those three layers. We have the body, the conscious mind, we have the subconscious mind, and then we have one more layer that, that I would say is the most important and the most exciting. And, um, you know, there's so much I could say about this and I'm going to do as much as I can on this call, but it's the layer that I call your core and, um, your core is your deepest, truest self outside of your mind, outside of your body, Outside of your programming, outside of the things that's happened to you, this is the true you, and um, this is the 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 real the. We're going to talk about heart coherence. This is the connection you have to your heart. This is the connection you have to your spirit, to your intuition, to God, in whatever way that fits for you. All of that is there, and um, your core is the is all of the emotions um, love and joy and peace and, and your connection to compassion and your connection to gratitude and, um, all of the, the goodness, you know, that we all want in our life and we search for it in all sorts of ways and try to find it, you know, often in ways that don't really satisfy. But, um, I like to say, you know, peace is already within joy is already within healing capacity is already within, Again, we're just learning how to tap into it. We're learning how to, to unlock it. And um, so, so that's the, the deepest layer. And, um, and that's, that's the part that we want to access you know, as often as possible. Okay, so um, that is uh, the anatomy of transformation. Those are the layers of our being, at least the, the way that I see it. And um, so, let's talk about the a little bit more about the mind body connection and how stress affects the body, and how relaxation and connecting with your core affects the body. And then we're going to dive into the 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 three tools. I just want you to understand why we need these tools, you know, and why why they can be so transformative. So, you're probably all familiar with the stress response. Um, Science calls it the. The sympathetic nervous system response, and this response is, um, a, you know, it's wired in. It's our primal response, and it's, it's something that our subconscious mind flips on in order to keep us safe. So the number one job of the subconscious mind is just to keep you safe, because you know, obviously we we live in a world that, um, in certain times and certain places, is not safe, and so we kind of need that. Um, We need that kind of safety mechanism. Uh, The challenge is that we used to, you know, live in a world where we needed a a primal sort of um, switch more often than we need it now. And um, we experience this flip of the stress response um, often when we don't need it. And then you can think of it like a a gas pedal that, you know, um, when you push the gas pedal, the car goes, but then imagine as if, you know, when the car needs to be parked and, and it needs to be still, you still rev it. You push that gas pedal and it presses all the way down. It just stays there for whatever reason. That is that is very common in our culture. People are stressed um, even when they don't need to be. When the, the car or the body, in this case, needs to be resting, uh, needs to be turned off, it's still revving. And uh, this is what we call an overstimulated nervous system and your nervous system is on high drive all the time. so when it's on that kind of overdrive whenever it is um, revving like that, then your body can't heal. Um, it is the body thinks that it is needing to run from a tiger or that it is is in a famine or that um, something's terribly wrong and it's when it has the neurochemicals of stress, which are cortisol and adrenaline and there's several others, when it feels those, it doesn't relax into healing. It stays in that kind of revved up state. So, you know, you could be having a great day, but you might have the TV on in the background and you're hearing about an explosion in Afghanistan or, you know, a sad um, story about someone who died or, you even, you know, local news, and you feel kind of a chronic sense of fear or stress or anxiety. And then what your system does is it, it, it layers down so quickly. It, um, let's it, the, the subconscious mind is so much faster to layer down and create that stress than your conscious mind. So, um, let me just say here, your subconscious mind um, processes at about 40 million bits of information per second versus your conscious mind, which processes at 40 bits of information per second. So a million times faster, your subconscious mind is layering down. And so often, you know, you're going along in life and you're feeling great, and then suddenly you don't know what hit you because your subconscious mind picked up on something that felt very triggering. And so now you're in this chronic stress and you can't get out of it. The the system, the nervous system is revved. And so we have this going on, you know, um, 24 hours a day sometimes. Some of us can't even sleep at night, you know? And so the system is, is in that major stress mode all the time. It's overstimulated and it can't heal. So let's talk about the opposite of that, which is the relaxation response, which, you know, in sci- science calls it the parasympathetic nervous system response. And the parasympathetic is when your body is relaxed when your subconscious mind is at ease, when there aren't triggers, um, you just feel at least neutralized. And when you're in that state of being, then your body knows how to heal, It heals very, very quickly. And it, um, it's the communication system that's happening is, um, is is telling your whole body like you can restore, you can repair, you can digest food, you can um, you know do all the great things that that involuntary system of the body is doing at all times. So, what makes this go even faster is whenever you're tapped into um, your what I call your core, and um, we're going to talk a little bit about heart coherence right here, and then I'll talk a little bit more about it later um, in the call but um one of the fastest ways to to work with healing the body and helping it get into the deepest relaxation response possible is um what si- what science has come to call heart coherence and and the research for this is um through heartmath institute so put heart and math together heartmath institute you can check it out so fascinating i won't go into it into it in depth But what I will say here is that your heart has an incredible power. The energy in your heart has an incredible power. It's estimated that the power in the heart electromagnetically is 5,000 times stronger than the energy in the brain. And so if you are tapped into and you know how to tap into all of that amazing energy, um, all of that amazing energy, capacity and power that's in your heart, then it, it has a very, it's basically supercharges that relaxation response to bring more healing. And this is how it happens. I I wish I could give y'all a visual right now. Um, if you come to my retreats, I'll give you a visual, (laughs) but, um, in, in short, there is a, a signal that gets sent from the heart to the brain and then from the brain into the body. And the way it works is that when you are in um, an incoherent response, so when you're stressed, your brain sends a signal from your heart, or your um, heart sends a signal from the heart to the brain. You can kind of imagine it like a, a fuzzy radio signal, like like a static on a radio. So the heart to the brain is a fuzzy static signal, and it um, it goes through these different processes in the brain. And um, it sends out this neurochemical that is going to be, you know, in, in alignment with that incoherent signal. And um, so you'll you'll get these, you know, you'll get sh- uh, the stress chemicals of cortisol and adrenaline, and those go down your central spinal column, and then they inform the cells in your body. So that's why you, you have this trigger, and then you feel it in your body. It's happening very fast, but it's through this kind of... Um, this heart, um, like staticky sort of um, energy, going from the heart to the brain, and essentially it hits the brain like a gong, and then you know, neurotransmitters um, turn into neuropeptides, and then they go down the central spinal column and inform the cells of your body. So that's what happens when you are in stress. So that is heart to brain to body. And then on the flip side, what happens whenever you are in in the, the heart coherence, you're feeling love and joy and gratitude, and you are tapped into that and you are tuned into that. And that's at your core. Then that energy that goes from the heart to the brain is a very, um, orderly wave like signal that gets sent from the heart to the brain and it hits the brain like a gong again. But this time those neurotransmitters are sending out like really happy, Um, happy signals, and they turn into neuropeptides, and they send the good healing chemicals down your central spinal column and into every cell of your body. And those healing neurochemicals are dopamine and um, serotonin and um, vasopressin and oxytocin and all these really wonderful neurochemicals, even melatonin, which is helping you with sleep. And so there's all these good neurochemicals that get sent whenever you're in that heart coherent state. So we have incoherence and we have coherence. And so that is just a short snapshot of how what's going on in your heart will affect your physical body. So I hope that makes sense Um, and um, let's dive now into more of the, the actual tools that I use to... To make this process smooth and easy and something that you can do every day. So, the three transformative t- tools that I use and that I love are EFT tapping, meditation, and visualization. And um, meditation and visualization are specifically to help you access your core, your heart coherence, your deeper spiritual nature, your intuition, all of that good healing power that lies within you. And um, the EFT tapping is specifically to help you work with those incoherent um, emotions, the stresses that we have, the the things that we legitimately deal with because we're human, you know, because we we've had pain and we experience pain, um, and uh, and so the when you combine these three together, it's just incredibly powerful and really really exciting. So I'm going to go through each one. And talk about about them and a little bit about the science behind them and um, my, my thoughts on it. And then I'm going to answer some questions um, that people ask all the time and then hopefully a few of yours. So let's start with EFT Tapping. EFT tapping stands for Emotional Freedom Technique. And it was actually discovered back in the 1970s um, with a guy who was a psychotherapist. I believe it was psychotherapist, I believe, or psychologist. Anyway, he was working with a woman who um, had this major fear of water and... And, um, she couldn't even take a bath because she was so afraid of water. And of course it was that, that fear of water was rooted in childhood trauma and, uh, you know, fear of drowning, something that had happened to her. And so, um, he, he was trying to help her get beyond her fear, but he was having to do it, you know, more consciously, which sometimes the conscious mind just cannot touch, um, the, the pain that's in the subconscious mind, no matter how much you try to rationalize it or rationalize with someone, so he had learned this little technique and he thought, oh, I'm just going to try it on her. So he, he worked with her for about um, 30 minutes or so uh, on with this EFT tapping. And then by the end of that 30 minutes, she was literally swimming around in the swimming pool. And it's a really fantastic story. And, and so, um, so you probably are wondering what on earth did he do? And so, um, what this, what this specific tool does is it works with a part of our brain called the limbic system, which is the emotional center of your brain. It's like that little control panel that, um, in, in, um, Um, inside out, if you've seen that movie, the little control panel that has all the little emotions around it that take control of the control panel when there's different triggers from the outside world. And so think of it like you have a little control panel inside your brain, and it's called the amygdala. And the amygdala is in charge of sending out those those hormones, the stress hormones of cortisol and adrenaline. They go down the central spinal column, and then they go into the cells of your body. And so, um, so if you can calm the amygdala, if you can calm that stress response, that alarm bell in your system, then you know you can work with a lot of things, right? Because so many of our issues are rooted in stress. And um, those those irrational fears or those projections that we have based on irrational fears, and so um, tapping works with that emotional center of the brain, and the way it does that is through the meridians on the body. And as you, if you you're probably aware of meridians, um, it's meridians are the they're an energy system throughout the body. There are particular um, points of um, of energy throughout the body, and they they basically are connecting the energy system. And um, so you've probably heard of it through like Chinese acupuncture. And so you can think of EFT tapping like acupuncture, but without the needles. So it's basically just a way of um, when when you tap on those points, that energy system is signaling the amygdala. It's like a phone line to the amygdala, saying. Hey, you know, you might have needed that stress or that fear at one time, but you actually don't need it anymore. And so you can really you can take your foot off the pedal, so to speak. You can really dial down that stress response. And so you know, it's interesting because um, the people who have studied EFT tapping say, "Man, this stuff really works," but we're not totally sure how it works and why it works. It's something with the meridians and and the amygdala. But you know, our bodies are so incredible and complex. But um, that is the basic idea of it. And um, and so what, what happens is when you're thinking about um, a trigger, and I'll explain a little bit more about triggers in a second, but when you're thinking about a trigger, you'll feel an emotional response. So you'll have a thought in your mind, and then you will feel fear or anxiety or um, anger or stress. You'll feel that in your body. It's a neurochemical response in the body. And so when you actually tap on those points while you're feeling that intense response, then what you're doing is you're calming the amygdala and then you're you're helping your brain rewire. You're helping it go from one way of thinking to another way of thinking. And so um, the example in my own life would be when I was in my teens and I was really struggling in my relationship with food, um, I had somehow figured out or my subconscious mind had figured out that when I feel stressed, the thing that helps me calm it down is to eat and to overeat or to binge eat or to um, to just not stop even if i didn't you know like the food and it it wasn't that um, i didn't have willpower it 's that my stress was driving me to eat, and so my brain was wired it was literally like plugged in to to um, to constantly go down a certain path of when you're stressed, you eat and you overeat because, you know, with emotional eating, if you're, if you're not aware of this, if you eat enough food, your, um, system dials down it, it kind of, um, it relaxes a little bit. And so your subconscious mind will, it knows that it'll pick up on that. And it, it did, you know, of course this doesn't just happen with food. You know, everyone has their own thing that they deal with when it comes to stress. Very few people handle stress really well and really consciously. So, um... And if you do, that's awesome. Kudos to you. I definitely didn't in my uh, teens and 20s. I did not know how to handle stress, and so I would overeat, and then it would be a horrible cycle. And so um, that's an example of the way that the mind gets wired when to, to have a particular thing that we do when we're stressed, and it, it wires that way. So what I had to do in my teens is to rewire, is to kind of unplug from that uh, way of operating and to plug into another way of operating. And the way I did that was through the EFT tapping. So when I would feel um, stressed and anxious instead of reaching for food, I would do the tapping. And I did it over and over and over again in different scenarios with different situations because I had that much stress. And of course, it wasn't about the food at all. It was about the emotions underneath the food, the things I did not know how to process and the things that felt very overwhelming to me. So um, what you're doing when you are tapping, every time you tap and you get your body from a place of stress to a place of peace, you are literally rewiring your brain. And you are helping your system understand that, yes, that might have been a way that You were able, you had to kind of navigate your stress in the past, but you don't have to do that anymore. There's a new way of of working with these stressors and these triggers, you know, or, um, you might have felt a lot of grief over someone that you lost or something that you went through and that is, is valuable and that's important, but you don't have to live that way the rest of your life. And so EFT tapping is, um, is a way of helping that, that mind and that body rewire, to a new way of being. Alright, so EFT tapping specifically works for triggers. So this is the, the the part of my my three-part process here that really works well when you feel emotionally triggered. You feel out of balance. And a trigger is an emotional response uh, to some sort of stimulus. And it could be an external stimulus, but often, you know, we have we're we're triggered by something, you know, outside of us, but it really is leading us to something that's unprocessed inside of us. And that's what triggers do. They're they're a gift to us because they help us understand places where we we need more healing or we need more love or more connection or more compassion. And so um just just when I say the word trigger, just know it's an emotional response um that the subconscious mind is picking up on, you know, that's creating some sort of Anxiety or frustration, um, but it's not necessarily about what's happening in the present. It is hearkening back to something that happened in the past most of the time. Okay. So there's two kinds of triggers. One is um, truth based triggers, meaning, okay, this bad thing did happen to you, or that person that you loved passed away, or this thing is truly sad, and it's it doesn't. It's not leading you back to anything in the past, um, but it's just a truth based thing. And you have to process it. And you have to really bring some compassion to yourself. But there's also triggers that are what we call lie based, and lie based um, triggers are uh, things that are unprocessed stuff. I'm using air quotes here. Unprocessed. Um, Emotions that maybe happened way back in the past that you've never really worked through, or beliefs that are stored in your subconscious mind that you haven't worked through, memories—those are the. That's the "quote unquote" stuff that um, is kind of stuck in your body that your system is trying to detox. And the lie-based stuff is stuff that will often come up with, um, you know, with any kind of addic- addictive behavior. Um, if your body just won't heal and you're doing a lot of the right things, then you, you want to look at that unprocessed stuff and EFT tapping excels in helping you work with that unprocessed stuff so so, so that that the EFT tapping is so good to help you work with content in your system that's already there and to help you work with your stress and with your anxiety and with emotions that are overwhelming and hard to process because it really helps calm down the amygdala, it helps rewire the brain. And and it can be used for so many things because so much of our pain is is um it you know comes from that that emotional center of the brain and it comes from Um, these stressors that are in our life. So when people ask me, what can EFT tapping be used for? I'm almost like, you know, I don't, it's more, you can more so ask the question, what can it not be used for? Because it can be used for so many things, you know, from basic stressors of life, you know, financial stressors or um, relationship stressors. Um, it can be, you know, you can use it for you to heal your relationship with food. You can use it for, you know, money. You can use it um, for, you know, just basic like life stuff. You can use it for working with things in the past. I mean, you can use it for so many things because um, of the way that it works with that emotional center of the brain. So um, I'm going to explain the, the process of it here in a minute, but let's go ahead and move on to the second transformative tool. And I'm going I'm to talk about the, the second and the third, I think, kind of simultaneously because they, they kind of work together here. Um, but meditation is one of the things that I started to, to get really interested in, um, mainly through the work of Dr. Joe Dispenza, who is one of the foremost teachers in meditation, uh, specifically working with um, healing and uh, creating something new in your life. And he's had incredible results with his, his workshops. And he helped me really understand meditation in a whole new way. And the word meditation just means to become familiar with. So we become familiar with the the thoughts that aren't working for us or the emotional responses and triggers that don't work for us. And we also start to become familiar when we're doing this process with Um, who we really are and our true core self and what we want to create in our life and the patterns and habits that we don't want to create and and the patterns and habits that we do want to create. And so one of the most important things um, about meditation is understanding that where you put your attention is where your energy goes. And so you can think about it like when you put your attention... On some problem in your life, then all of your energy goes towards that problem. And that's all you can think about, or maybe you obsess about it and it just kind of is like this hamster wheel inside your system. But if you put your intention on all the goodness in your life, or even on a few wonderful things in your life, you feel better, your heart expands, you open up, you feel grateful. And sometimes the problems kind of like sort of fall away, right? So meditation helps you put your attention on where you want to put your attention, right? And so um, I'll explain how we use this technique in in the context of EFT tapping because we want to get really good about directing our mind in the, the, the place we want it to go. Um, because, you know, lots of us live in a lot of scattered thinking. I know I certainly did and and do in sometimes whenever I'm not really practicing uh, this work because, um, you know, the the whole culture... Is is creating a lot of chaos, you know, inside st- inside of our brain and in mind, and um, and so we're not we're putting our attention on, you know, just so many um, different things at one time, and we can't really direct our thoughts where we really want them to go, and so meditation helps you put your teaches you how to put your attention on something and hold your attention there, whether it's on a trigger that you need to tap through. release and let go of or whether it is on um the the core the the beauty in your core the gratitude the joy the what you want to create the connection to other people just all the goodness in your life so where you put your attention is where your energy goes and that's the number one thing i want you to remember when we talk about meditation is it helps you direct your focus and what happens whenever you are um learning meditation is meditation is also about helping you change your brainwave state. So I'm going to go over the brainwave states really quickly. Um, so there are different brainwave states that are, um, that, that you are in at different times. And, um, so there, there's four main ones that you need to know about, which is, um, beta and beta is the, the the active thinking mind. So right now you're probably in beta because you're thinking, you're processing what I'm telling you. You know, um, most of us live in beta during daytime. We're thinking, we're moving, we're driving a car, we're doing all those things. Um, and so a beta is a pretty fast brainwave state. And then um, alpha is the next one. And alpha is a, a, sl- a little bit of a slower brainwave state. This is a state that you would be in if you're in, you know, uh, it kind of like a deeper daydream or as you're falling asleep, or there's a little bit of alpha that you are in maybe when you're watching a movie and you're not really in your conscious mind, you're totally absorbed in whatever's happening, like in that movie. So there's different levels, you know, there's a spectrum here, but, um, there's, there's a, what they call the alpha bridge where you're moving from like a high alpha into this lower level of alpha. And that's kind of like when you're dropping off to sleep. And, um, and then, so the next brainwave state would be theta and theta is like a, is a, a deeper, um, it is something you can get into like during a meditation where you're very, very, um, you're very deep, like in a meditation or you're really, really close to sleep. And the brainwave uh, patterns are very slow. They're just, you're not thinking quickly. You're in a much more, you know, open state. And then the the last one is delta. And delta is a deep dream-like sleep. Or, yeah, deep dream-like sleep. So it's very deep. And um, we're meant to, you know, when we go to sleep, we're we're meant to kind of drop down into the the delta and then come back out again, right? So you can kind of do this in meditation. You don't, unless you're really practiced at it, you don't typically go into delta, but you can at least drop into theta. And the key takeaway here is the deeper... That that brainwave state. The lower the brainwave state, the more suggestible your mind is to information. And the great news about that is that if you want to change something, you know, in your life, if you are in a deep, you know, um, a deeper brainwave state. Let's say you're in a deeper alpha brainwave state, and you're thinking about all the beauty in your life, or you're thinking about what you want to create in your life, or Um, how you want to handle a situation and you're feeling it and you're seeing it and you're looking at it and you're, you're, it's like you're in it. Um, Your brain doesn't know, or your mind doesn't know the difference between what's happening inside that experience and what's happening in the outside world. So literally, you're, you're more neuroplastic. You're more suggestible to information, which allows you to rewire your brain to create something new, to rewire your mind to create something new. And this is really great news because we are we are creating all the time, but often we are creating things in our life. Um, you know, dramas and problems and addictions and all these things um, involuntarily, because those are things that have been programmed into us. So we have the capacity to go into these lower brainwave states and to be able to visualize and meditate and imagine and feel into uh, what we want to create and how we want to change. And so many people have done this. um, And Dr. Joe Dispenza talks about how the people that have done this are ordinary people they don't have you know these big degrees they're not necessarily smart they're just open and they're just trusting and they know how to um that, that they're worthy of it right so um the great thing about being able to drop into these deeper brainwave states which you're doing by the way when you're going to sleep at night but you know how many times have you gone to bed thinking about the worst possible scenario that's happening with one of your kids or um or you know you you've got the the TV on at night and you're seeing you know all of these terrible things that are happening in the world and or you know whatever there's all there's all this like um, influx of chaos and you go to sleep thinking about that and then guess what you are in a sense mentally rehearsing rehearsing or kind of soaking in overnight is all of that drama right we don't need that drama we we have plenty of that in our own life <laughs> without. Um, taking in the drama of the rest of the world and and so we don 't want to have be in that incoherent chaotic state, so if you begin to um, intentionally go into a deeper um, brainwave state and you start to envision and imagine and feel into a new creation inside and and really just you know ask God or. like tune into what, what is wanting to be created inside of me and you feel into it and you envision it, your subconscious mind begins to take that content and it starts to create what, what you're wanting to create here, um, as it's in alignment for you. So the, so I kind of put meditation and visualization in there together, but visualization is just the, the capacity to kind of see a movie screen kind of in our mind and create and put on that movie screen what it is that we want to create in our life or what we feel like God wants to create in us and through us. And um so it's like a it's like a movie screen but it's a it's a an intentional movie screen. It's not the movie screen that has been programmed into us or that you know that we feel like we have to, you know, We have to watch, we get to intentionally put on that movie screen what we want to create. And most of us are, are, you know, we're visualizing all the time, but so much of the time we are visualizing um, very negatively or visualizing, you know, destruction and the worst case scenario thinking, you know? And the reason for that is, as I mentioned before, the programming, but part of it too is also um, that we're wired to... Just kind of by nature, or wired to have what science calls a negativity bias, which is um, if I, you know, if I think about the worst case scenario, then I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to be sad uh, if if it doesn't happen, or you know, I'm I'm going to be prepared for the worst, and um, you know that that makes sense, but you know, it's no way to live, right? We we want to live with joy and with hope and with expectation, and we trust that if things are um, not working out for us that, you know, we're going to have the grace to handle those things when they come. And so um, visualization really helps you kind of project onto that movie screen, the goodness and the enjoyment and the beauty. And, and by the way, you can do this with your physical body. You can project onto that screen, a healthy, energetic, um, glowy, body and and watch what happens and um i first learned about visualization from a guy named john gabriel and i won't go deeply into his story but if you want to know more about it you can go to the gabriel com. and he he lost over i guess it was like uh 200 and something pounds because he was you know really overweight, and he started using visualization to help him have a healthier body without dieting. And it's an incredible story. And he talks about how he learned how to do it and how it helped him so much. And um, so um, I would, I'd recommend checking that out. And he he talks about the science of that as well. So let's talk real quickly about um, how the EFT tapping, meditation and visualization work when they're combined. So there's a three step process or a three-part process, I would say. Um, There's there's maybe a few more steps in between, but I'll just say this is a three-part process and I'll just go through it really quickly. So when you sit down to do a a meditation, um, an EFT tapping meditation, um, the first thing you want to do is is kind of tune in and notice what you're feeling. And for most people, they're feeling some sort of stress, they're feeling a trigger, they're feeling emotional, or they're feeling maybe even tired. But they're, you're feeling usually feeling something that doesn't feel great. And so the first thing we wanna do is we wanna use the tapping to help work with the amygdala, the the limbic system, to calm that stress down. But you wanna validate the emotion. We don't wanna bypass it or ignore it. You wanna put all of your attention on that, that bad feeling just for a short amount of time. And the reason that we do this is because there's something about the subconscious mind that really needs the validation of Of um, acknowledging this happened, or this feels this way, I mean, this is part of how we learn how to be both human and divine, and so you want to put all of your attention on that that bad feeling so that fear or anxiety or frustration or overwhelm or sadness. You put all of your attention on it and you tap through the points and um, If you don't know tapping yet, you can just reach out to me and I'll send you a video and so you can understand the basic process. But you tap through the points and what you're doing is you're tapping through the points and, and feeling that you know emotional energy. Um, what it's doing is it's telling the limbic system this emotion right here, this is what we're needing to process that we did not process way back when. Or this this is something that we need to process even if it's just coming up here for the first time. We're actually gonna we're gonna feel it, we're gonna be with it, because the way out of this is through it, is to be with it, is to not to shut it down or lock it down. So you gotta validate the emotion. And you know, according to the science on this, you know, we can't rationalize or analyze ourselves out of an emotional response. No new information can enter the brain when we're emotional. So we have to validate it first. Tap through the points, feel it, feel it, feel it, feel it, right? Um, and um, and and emotions only have a shelf life of about 90 seconds to two minutes when they're felt fully. And so you when you feel it fully and you tap on it and you just feel feel, 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 and then what happens is it it begins to dial down naturally. Literally, it's like the, Um, or figuratively, it's like the, the gas pedal, you know, you're lifting your foot off that gas pedal and it's not revving near as high until it comes off completely. So we got to validate that emotion, tap through the points until that emotion dials down. Once it dials down, then what we do is that's the second process is we work on letting go. And this is a very important spiritual, um, emotional practice is to learn to let go of something that, um, that happened to us and to work through any blockages that we might need to work through in order to let this go. And often I find it this second step that many people have beliefs around letting go. Like if I let this go, it means that what happened to me didn't matter. Or if I let this go, then um, the person who did this to me, um, you know, they, they were doing the right thing or they're never going to get punished or whatever. We have lots of beliefs around it. And so we have to usually work through the beliefs. And that would be something I would do typically, you know, in a session un- until someone feels really comfortable doing it on their own. But remember, um, you know, the difference between emotions and beliefs. Um, emotions are the, that, that, um, that energy inside your body. It's that feeling. A belief is more like um, it's a, a thought or an idea. That's inside our mind. So, I like to think of um, emotions as like a fire, and beliefs are like the fuel to that fire. And then your thoughts are like the smoke. So, beliefs are the fuel, emotions are the fire, thoughts are like the smoke. And so, if, as you can imagine, if you can get to that fuel, then you can, you know, you don't have the fire or the smoke. You don't have the emotion or the thought, right? So, that makes it a lot, a lot easier. And so in that letting go process, usually we need to work through some sort of belief about releasing it fully, letting it go, moving on, letting ourselves be free. And so sometimes we have to go back to that validating the emotion and tapping through that. And usually I tap all the way through part one and two. So validating the emotion and letting it go. So then the third step is to really tune into your core. So we tune into the area right around the heart center and um, start to tune into openness to possibility, tune into gratitude. We just open up to um, whatever, sometimes even just connecting with God here, if that's a fit for you, um, really opening ourselves up to uh, to whatever the truth might be here, but this is the time that we want to really tune into the core. And, and on the visualization side of things, I like to think of that, that beautiful energy of love or joy or peace or compassion or gratitude that's at your core. I like to imagine it like a light that is at the center of your heart. And it's basically just glowing outward so the more you feel the emotion, the stronger the light becomes. And so by this point, usually you're in a lower brainwave state because you've been tapping and dialing down and you're tuning in a little bit deeper. And so you're in that lower brainwave state and then you are visualizing that, that light and you are feeling the gratitude and the joy and the openness, and you're expanding and um, you're, you're imagining that light expanding. And and what's happening on a physiological level is that you're sending all of those really good healing hormones and, and um, uh, healing neurochemicals down your central spinal column and then informing the cells of the body. And so even the body just gets to kind of be bathed in all of that goodness. And um, and so the longer that you linger in this kind of this soaking of all of that core goodness, the the more that the body heals, because that's that that core you is your natural state and you're getting to connect to that natural state and you're getting to allow all of this that good healing process to happen. So. Um, so that's the combination, um, you know, of those tools. And, and of course, I, as much as I would love to give you an experience of that, you know, on this call, we, we don't have the time to, to go into it, but, um, I just wanted you to be able to understand the, the. Basic process of each of those things, why they're important, what's going on scientifically behind them, and if you um, if you have not gotten to experience this yet, then I recommend um, you know getting some coaching. We we definitely um, we definitely do a lot of the stuff at our retreats. Um, we don't have information about the next retreat just yet, but we will soon. And um, if you want more on coaching, you can go to annakingcoaching and um, if you want more on the retreats, you can go to nakedretreats.org. So um, you get a little bit more of an experience of that. And, um, you know, we just we just keep, I, I just keep creating more meditation so that we just get better and better and better at this process. And um, I just, I love to, to share this work because I feel like you can get a, and I've seen people get a whole lot of, of stuff from the past taken care of and, and, and really able to tap into their core really, really quickly. So often the, the sessions that I have with people, they're, they're clearing something big in 20 to 30 minutes versus, um, you know, used to take hours or, you know, in a session or weeks on end to try to clear through something. And now with this process, we can make it go so much faster. Okay, whew, all sorts of things. Everyone take a deep breath. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to go through some quick questions. I won't keep you on the phone for long, um, but I want to make sure I address these questions because many people have these questions, especially about tapping. So, um, many people ask if you know if you can tap on either side of the face, um, or you, if you have to do one particular side, um, you can tap on either side. You can switch sides in the middle of tapping. It does not matter. You can also tap both sides at the same time. So some people like to do that. Tapping is very forgiving. Um, you want to make sure you're in that, you know, in that general area of the meridian point, but you, you can tap either side or both. Um, the other question, a second question I typically get is why do we first Why do we focus on the negative emotions? And I, I did cover this, um, you know, earlier when I talked about how our subconscious mind needs that validation. Um, it needs that compassion. It needs the acknowledgement of what's happened in order to move forward. Um, but remember we're not staying focused on the negative quote unquote for a long time. We're just acknowledging it, for that ninety seconds to two minutes until it dials down, because again, no new information can enter the brain when we're triggered. Okay, third question: um, I've used EFT tapping, but n- did not notice any difference. Why is that? So that was my problem when I first started uh, tapping: was that I was like, I I love the science behind this, but this is not working for me. Um, and my sister Laura. Um, she was the one that first used tapping and saw huge results from it. She, she had a fever one day and she tapped on it for like 10 minutes and the fever was gone. I mean, it was like that crazy. And so, um, I was like, man, why does it work for her? It doesn't work for me. And so one of the things I discovered through trial and error was that you have to really allow yourself to feel. And many of us think our feelings rather than feeling our feelings. We tend to think, um, about the ideas behind it or that what someone did or, but we're not actually feeling the energy of the sensation in our bodies. We're not allowing ourselves to drop into that. And so in order for EFT tapping to really work well, you have to drop into the feeling, the sensation, the energy. You have to let yourself get mad. You have to let yourself really get sad or to cry. You have to really get in there. And when, and the quicker you do, the quicker it helps and the more it helps. So most of the time when someone doesn't notice a difference, it's because of that. Now, there are a very, very rare few people who tapping just does not work for them. And it's okay, like this, there's no one size fits all. But, but, you know, 95% of people, you know, tapping works for them. Um, But there's just the rare, the rare few. And, And if so, you'll be led to a different modality that does work for you. But most of the time, it's that whole thing about not being able to feel your feelings. You're still stuck up in your head and thinking your feelings, which was definitely me for a while. And I had to learn how to drop down and feel. Okay, um, fifth question. When is the best time to use these tools? Okay, so when when you do this process with these three, um, it's definitely you want to do it when you get triggered. So when you're feeling emotionally out of balance or stressed, it's great if you can do it either first thing in the morning um, when you wake up or as you're going to bed at night. Um, I have a different ritual that I you know usually have people do before they're going to bed. But many times people are you know, going to bed with all sorts of um, accumulation from the day, you know, stressors and different things. And so that's it, a great time to use this process is right before you go to bed because you're, you are already in that lower brainwave state right when you're um, going to bed or when you're waking up. So, um, so that, that really helps you kind of be in that, that lower brainwave state where you're more suggestible to information and you can heal faster. Okay, um, what else here? Oh, I have trouble meditating because my mind bounces all over the place. What do I do to remedy this? So, um, you know, one of the myths around meditation is that you're supposed to clear your mind. And that's not true at all. Um, meditation is more so to help you focus your attention on, on something. And you could be focusing your attention on the space around you. You could be focusing your attention on, um, the, you know, on your heart, you can be focusing your attention on, you know, that trigger so that you can tap through it. But remember, meditation is not to clear the mind because thoughts are involuntary, just like the heart beating is involuntary. So you're not trying to get rid of them. You're trying to direct them and, um, and also, you know, direct your mind and where you want to put your focus. And so practicing that really, really helps. Um, Okay, last question. I can't seem to visualize well. What might be the problem here? So um, some people are, are, there's a, there's a part of the, there's a gland in your, in your mind called the pineal gland. And that gland is partially responsible for the ability to see and to visualize internally to have kind of that inner vision. And sometimes the pineal gland gets blocked. Um, There can be physical reasons. There can be emotional reasons. Um, But um, what I would say here on this is that the more you practice, the more that that pineal gland will... will kind of unlock and, and, um, it will get easier and easier. I remember a gal that came to one of my retreats, um, a year or so ago, you know, she asked the question, I, I can't visualize, I have no, I can't see anything inside my mind. And I told her, don't worry about it. Just focus on, um, the, the energy of what you want to create. If you can't see your physical body, um, as glowing and and healthy, and env- envision what it might feel like and, and feel into that. So even if you don't have an image, you have an intention. You have kind of a feeling. And so um, that can really help. And um, just know that the more you practice it and the more you, you uh, play around with, with being able to, to tune into that and tap into that, um, it, it's, it's cool now because this particular gal can visualize really well now. She's just practiced it. So it does get better and better and better. Um, and one thing more I want to say on that is part of the way the subconscious mind works is when you pair it, an, an emotion, a core emotion, like joy or peace or gratitude, and you, you pair it with a, an image or an intention in, in your mind, and you put those two together, that communicates to the subconscious mind to create something new. And there's just so much great science behind this. It's just really exciting. And so that's why this combination of, of clearing the clutter, tapping into and tuning into what you want to create and getting your body in that state of, of openness and in that heart coherent state is just so powerful. Okay. So, um, thanks for being willing to stay on the line longer. If you have any questions, um, then I am happy to answer those. You can press star two to raise your hand. Um, I'm, I'm wondering if my chat box is working because I'm not seeing any questions on the chat. Um, but if you're on the line and you want to ask a question there, you're totally welcome to. Um, hopefully I, I covered you know, the, the basic structure of this. And again, I hope it didn't feel like drinking from a fire hydrant because it's a lot, it's a lot of information and lots of these things I learned, you know, over the course of years. And so I'm throwing a lot of it at you at once. Um, but, uh, I want to give you a, a, broad, some broad strokes so that you know how transformative these tools can be and, um, how they, how they affect your physical body. We really want to create that bridge there of how they affect your physical body. And then again, um, if you, if you want more, just go to Anna King coaching.com Um, This is my first live call with my new last name. It's really fun. Uh, And um, if you want more about retreats, you can go to nakedretreats.org. You can sign up to get information about when the next retreat is going to be. Um, If you want coaching, again, AnnaKingCoaching.com is the place to go. There's also a video and an audio about EFT tapping specifically that's on there. And then this live call, um, I'll have the replay available for you. So if you want to listen again, it'll be up for a week and um, you can listen as many times as you want. Okay, I am going to call that a, a wrap. I'm sending so much love to each of you. And I hope to see y'all soon in person. Always feel free to reach out to me if you have questions or you need more support. All right, bye for now.